Welcome to the Lockdown Inn, the home of the Regulars podcast. Join Elliot Richardson, Jed Pemberfee, Charlie Hopper and myself, George Sanderson, every week as we talk about current affairs, sports news and a fair amount of complete nonsense. Each episode, we invite a special guest into the Lockdown Inn as we try to recreate a night down the pub from the safety of our own homes. Want to keep up to date with our latest content? Make sure you drop us a cheeky follow on Instagram and Twitter at RegularsPodUK. Hello and welcome back to the Regulars podcast and to the Lockdown Inn. Before today's episode, we're just going to reflect on the incredibly sad news that's come out today, which is that on the 9th of April 2021, Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, has sadly passed away, aged 99. All of us here at the Regulars podcast are deeply saddened by this news, and we'll all now raise our glasses in honour of the late Duke. Chin chin. Now back to the podcast. In today's episode, we'll be steering away from the boring old Premier League and instead going down to where football is truly entertaining in the National League. But before all that, I must say, I can't believe I've finally been given the role of barman. I've been biding my time and waiting for this moment. I do have, I have no experience in this role. That's besides the point. I finally have my go. It's the proudest moment of your life. It actually is as well. I finally got a job. I tell my dad, he'll be well happy with me. <laughs> if you don't know me already, I'm Elliot Richardson, and I'm joined today by the regulars, George Sanderson, Jed Pemberthy, and Charlie Hopper. How are we this afternoon, boys? Very good. Top of the world. Thank you very much. Sorry about last week, but I'm oh, back. Mate, no, don't back you worry, mate. We'll get on to that, mate. We'll get on to that. I'm sure you will. Let's come firstly to the absentee, Mr. Jed Pemberthy. So why don't you I'm tell us one where you week. were? No, no, no. Last week's absentee, I said. Why don't you tell everyone where you were last week and why you weren't available for us? I was in the beautiful county of Devonshire and I was with my father in the back garden and we had a lovely afternoon and (laughs) one drink turned into 12 and then that 12 drinks turned into a a bottle of Jack Daniels and uh, by by the time that we came to the recording, I was... um, well, I'll, I'll try and read the text out. If yeah, we can go get on. Back to it. But I'm pretty sure that most of it was gibberish. It does sound a bit gibberish. Oh, it's always gibberish when it comes to me, but I'm from Devon. I, <laughs> it wouldn't be normal if it wasn't for me. At True least I not. haven't gone back with an accent. At least I don't True. think I have. Uh, I am not on tonight. I am effing spaz. spaz. Uh, no <laughs> ick foosiewood dot me. <laughs> the, to the extent that I was... Your English was oh, off, worse than normal. Sweet. Yeah, off he's nutty, no, basically. Sweet. Yes. So, yes, this off week I'm not. I'm stone is cold it? sober. Lovely. But are you drinking anything? What are you drinking this evening? Or I this am, afternoon? I, I know you're not supposed to bring drinks from another establishment, but this week I have a beautiful ice-cold McDonald's Coca-Cola, and I'm, I'm going here. to probably put some Captain Morgan's in a minute. Oh, that's lovely. At least you've done that. At least you're one of the ones who can do it. How about you, Charlie? What have you got? Um, I've just gone for... Bit of H2O. Bit of H2O. Yeah, I'd, I'd, yes. finished, I'd finished doing a bit of exercise, so I need to re, uh, replenish. Um, but I hope that when we come to edit this, we put um, the boys are back in town as our music yeah. for the start to have Jed returning to us. Why don't you tell everyone where you were last week? I was in the beautiful county of Devonshire. One drink turned into 12, and then that 12 drink turned into a, a bottle of Jack Daniels. Oh, it's always gibberish when it comes to me, but I'm from Devon. 
I am not on tonight. I am effing spam. No, ickfusiwood dot me. It wouldn't be normal if it wasn't for me. I've got to say, Charlie, that's two weeks in a row now with no alcohol for you. It's a bit. I know it's a Friday, but it is a little bit early. For those of you who don't know, we are filming at three o'clock in the afternoon, not the regular nine o'clock that we normally do. But now we'll move on to the most important man, and not only because he's the designated driver, but also because he edits the podcast. <laughs> Mr. Sanderson, what are you drinking today? I mean, that's the nicest introduction any of you have You're done possibly... for me so far. I've normally oh, there you been go. Take it. <laughs> shat on by it. But uh, we're back on the water. I'm not hosting, so the apple juice is gone, and I've got what is now room temperature water. So. Oh, that's just, just, just stop. Honestly, Why are you even drinking disgusting. it? It gets that worse and worse by the week, doesn't it? I know. It, it really does. First of all, you were getting the Buxton sponsorship, and now you're fighting for Yorkshire water now. He's even <laughs> took the label off his water as well. It's just exactly. yeah. It's awful. The, the, the drinks get worse each week, just like the hosts do. That is just... Oh, I just blew the belt, that. Right. If you are a new listener here to our podcast, each week we have a new guest ale on the show. And this week, I'm so pleased to announce that we are joined by current, yes, current professional footballer, and he is Wrexham FC's goalkeeper, Christian Dibble. How are you doing this afternoon, Christian? Hi, guys. You okay? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. How are we all? Yes, we're all good. Um, I know you can't drink any alcohol because you've obviously got a big game tomorrow, so I'm sure you've got <laughs> something there that's nice to drink. Yeah. Just a look at this sport for me today. That's lovely. That's, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Better than the old water, uh, I suppose. Yeah, see that, George, you hear that? Yes. Better than the old water. <laughs> it, I know, I know. It's just, <laughs> it happens every week. Everyone gets better than water. It's fine. That's <laughs> true, it's true. Uh, obviously, thanks so much for coming on. We know you're a very busy man, especially considering you started the weekend, just gone for Wrexham, and obviously trained numerous times throughout the week. But do tell us about the current season for you. How do you think you've been doing this with this season? Yeah, it's not been too bad. Uh, obviously, didn't start the season, and then... The other goalkeeper I'm competing with gets injured, and then all of a sudden I'm I'm in the team, and it's as a goalkeeper, you know, you could literally be on the bench all season and not yeah. play. So you know, when you get your opportunity, I suppose you got to try and take it as best as you can. It's it's not easy being a goalkeeper, but it is what Obviously it is. Not, yeah. You know? What about the um, the exclusion of fans? Is that a big impact, especially when you're playing the games? Uh, yeah, I suppose it can be. You know, it's not easy especially in terms of me, you know, behind the goals, being called a ginger effer and all that. Kind of <laughs> you know, sometimes it, you're going to get it everywhere you go. People are going to call you names. It's just how you take it. People are going to call you crap, etc., etc. But I suppose it has different different pressures on, on different people, you know. it's It has its pros and cons. Yeah. yeah I'm, sure it's worse be, I'm sure it's harder being a goalkeeper, though, because obviously if a goal goes in, it seems to always, the blame always seems to go on the goalkeeper straight away. Yeah, of course. It's how you deal with it. It's always a goalkeeper's fault. You know, you're the last man, aren't you? But you got to remember it goes past 10 other players before it goes in the net. Exactly. But goalkeepers always look at, oh, can he do better with this or can he do better with that? It's just part and parcel of the game and just something you have to you have to deal with at the end of the day. You just got to be strong, strong person, strong-minded. Mm-hmm. All right, Christian. Uh, we, we're living in a world of really hostile social media uh, kind of franchise at the moment. Uh, if, if you guys as professional footballers had any support that when abuse does come your way do you guys get support from the clubs yeah we can we can call out to people like the pfa which is a professional football association you know at the moment you're seeing a lot of a lot of racism on on the social media side of it usually you know 
I've only really had it, you know, I've had bad games before, everyone has bad games, mm. but they don't really directly tag you in stuff. They'll be the first people to tag you in stuff when you've done really well, which is yeah. nice. Don't get me wrong, it's really nice to have that when people tag you in stuff and say, well done today or did brilliantly, but, you know, it's like Twitter and they'll, they'll put stuff up and they won't tag you in it, but you, they'll flourish your name out there. But it is what it is. Being a sportsman, you know you're going to be in for criticism. It just depends how strong minded you are. Uh, to deal with that and to to go into a next game thinking that you need to mm. bypass everything what everyone said you just got to yeah. f- forget it because people will talk and everyone does don't they everyone exactly. does I do it myself about I'm a big Man City fan and <laughs> I've said players are crap for Man City before mm. uh, everyone is everyone has an opinion don't they and that's what football's about at the end of the day Obviously, at Wrexham, uh, I, I think there's no surprise that there's uh, this question was going to come up. You're going to be getting a lot of PR in the next couple of years, do you not think, um, with your brand new owners? Have, have you had the chance to meet them? No, I haven't met them yet, no. Um, funny you say that, because as soon as they took over, they started uh, filming a documentary. <laughs> camera crews in every most of the days, actually. And they, they come in and uh, they've been filming day-to-day life on the football club and the training and filming stuff with the fans. So on that side of it, to our four or five cameras in and around the dressing room every day and filming what you're doing, what you're saying is quite surreal, really, because I've never had it before. You know, it's all right mm-hmm. different interview after a game or something like this where, you know, it's just one camera, but when you've got cameras scattered around everywhere and you don't know <laughs> what they're actually filming because everything could be documented. Exactly, So yeah. the guy who's documenting it is a guy who's done a few bits on, um, on Netflix, Chef's Table or something, and he did another one. With Jose Mourinho, so it's it's all exciting. It is exciting, and a lot of talk about the club. And you would just wouldn't expect two owners like that to to buy a club like Wrexham. No. It is it is it is bizarre. Like you think that some Americans won't even know what football is, and then for for two um, people to know, especially what the club Wrexham, it's just it is very bizarre for them to just take over the club. I, I think that's maybe one of the parts of the documentaries for the for the American side of it. Mm-hmm. You know. Cause, Obviously, the owner's American and trying to get the club out there a bit more and just to, for the Americans to know who Wrexham are. If they want to take the take the club to the next level, then the more people watching them, the better. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it's great publicity for the club. Obviously, you're just below the, um, we'll say the playoff places, obviously. just below the, uh, Is that something that you strive for, this, are you going to strive for this season, the top playoff places? Or is it just more maintaining or do you feel like you can push to get that higher place in the league? Uh, the remaining games yeah of course at the start of the season we, we set out to be up at the top or around the top and the problem is with this league is anybody can beat anybody on the day yeah. but yeah we're in a good position at the moment obviously we're on the back end of two defeats but previously we were I think we had one defeat in 13 mm-hmm. good, but it's, football's such an unpredictable game you could play against the, the team at the bottom of the league and you could be first and you could still lose so nothing's ever certain is it but yeah, we want to be up the up the top end of the table and ultimately and then play our positions because Wrexham's size and stature shouldn't really be in the National League. You know, they yeah. get four and a half thousand, mm. four thousand fans at home and really they shouldn't really be in that league. Mm-hmm. You, you, you say that, really, but in, really in the conference, there are a couple of teams that are like that down there. You've got Torquay, you've got, you've got Notts County, you've got yeah. teams around you that really should be in the Football League, Barnet and... Yeah. and it, it's it's probably the most exciting time to watch a conference at the moment because yeah. there are just so many so many football leagues such a side, mm-hmm. like yourselves. Yeah, I mean, 
Barnet, you've seen them like they were in the Football League a couple of years ago and now they're sitting rock bottom of the National League. The year we've had with COVID and stuff, obviously they can't get relegated, so they've probably they've probably been relieved, there. Yeah. But it gives them another chance. But yeah, the, the amount of big clubs in, in the National League what really should be in the Football League is is mentorial, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Definitely. I need to get in at some point, but I'm actually from Stockport. So I consider myself a bit of a county fan. We'll say a county, county fan. A county fan, we'll say. And obviously, I wish you good luck tomorrow, obviously, against county. But at the same time, just make, if you do start, make a few mistakes that make me very happy. <laughs> so let's hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I actually was watching county play on the TV the other day because obviously BT Sport show a few National League games every now and then. And when you watch it, I think you just do see this raw, like get stuck in Sunday League mentality you don't always get in the Premier League anymore. I, I just don't know. I don't know why that is and why it's not like that in the higher divisions. Um, yeah, I don't. I think. I think sometimes you've got to take into consideration like the pitches. Sometimes you know you don't yeah. play on Premier League standard pitches. Wembley turf, it just doesn't happen. You know, you get a lot of some players in that league as well who are you know got full time jobs and they yeah. play part time football. You like the likes of Altrincham who are part time, uh, made in Ed United, whatever it's. And I think it's just a different style of football. You know, you, you've got a big lad up front who play off, but then the other striker plays on for the knockdown. It's just everyone's different style of play, isn't it? But it is kind of like Sunday league and there's some good tackles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even the referees have jobs. It's mental, but that's just the way it is, I think. And But it's a good standard. And if you and people say you get these players who come from the Premier League on the 23s who come into the National League and they just can't deal with the physicality they might technically yeah. they might be the best the best students ever but they just couldn't deal with the physicality of the national league it's probably hard to prove yourself as well if you drop down to those lower leagues expecting it to be easy when it's completely not like that it's like it's you like you say you have to be a lot more physical in the lower leagues to um be able to compete it's not easy and you, you've got to get used to it and that's why so many so many people i think when they drop down they struggle to work their way back up because you can't physically physically cope with it and mm. If you want to stand out in this league, in the National League and the league is below, you need to be, you can have your technical ability, but if you're technically you're getting pushed off the ball left, right and centre because of the way the league is and the way people press and, and get at teams, it's, you're not going to cope. And so it's hard. It's not easy yeah. football. It's not easy at all. Do you feel like, um, say you start uh, in the National League, National North, Northern Prem, and then get picked up by an academy is, is a better way to go than, than being at academy, being hidden away in the 23s, the 19s, and then sending down. Because I've watched a lot of footballers come down to play against Scarborough and they, they're literally nowhere near the physicality of, of how it is. Do you feel like a lot of players are kind of hidden away in academies and then when they're pushed out, they can't really perform at, at, at the level against proper grown men? Uh, yeah, I think... You get, you get these Premier League under 23 teams and for me I find it a bit false you know some teams will will play out from the back and the under 23s will play out from the back all the time and you go with the first team and they play a completely different style so I never really understand why under 23 under 18 football don't play the same style of play as the first team would because when you get drafted into play for the first team we play a different style that I personally believe that more clubs in the higher league should send more of the players out on loan to get that physicality early then when they do drop down, what chance do you have if you're not used to it? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a tough question. I've been there before. I've been at, I was, when I was at Barnsley just playing in the under 23s, and it was all false. It was put it down for a goal kick. So your full back split, your centre half split, like we're playing in the Premier League, and then 
clip out to the full backs and then you go out to a League Two National League team and it's just put you put the ball on the deck and kick it as far as you can. <laughs> and it's everything's so different. It's just I just think players are taught differently. And if they're not really going to be given a chance at their club, what's the point? Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, so you get played in ten hour loan to get the physicality and stuff, then they're gonna be on a better path. Yeah. Did, did did you feel like dropping down would, would have helped you as a youngster? Because obviously as a goalkeeper, there's only one goalkeeper in the side. It must be more difficult for a goalkeeper to break into a first eleven than a regular squad player. How hard did you find it breaking in and making that first senior appearance? Uh, yeah, so, well, I went, my first football, well, men's football was when I was at Berry. I went to Warrington, Warrington Town and they were in the Northern Premier League, whatever it's called now. And as a young lad, it's very daunting, actually. I think 17 year old going to play men's football first ever appearance, and you see all these big lads in the tunnel. Especially, well, <laughs> I'm big myself, so if I'm looking at me, <laughs> but you still look at the size of them physically. And it was hard, but I think the more games you get, the, the more experience you get under your belt. And still to this day, you know, when I'm playing and uh, we can see the corner and you've got five big lads coming just surrounding you, <laughs> in the big yard box, and you've got a corner coming under your crossbar. And it's it's not easy and it, it never will be. And I always say goalkeeping, I find corners one of the hardest things to deal with. It's, mm-hmm. it's so hard, you know, people pushing you about, standing on your toes. It's not easy now, but yeah, it is one of them, one of them things. How similar is uh, goalkeeper training to sort of outfield? Because obviously outfield players, you've got a lot of different sort of technical drills, but like in terms of like the actual physical side of it, how similar are your training sessions? It's funny you say that because we... <laughs> You get outfield players all the time saying, oh, really easy to be a goalkeeper. I could do what you're doing. And then mm. you actually see them do a bit of goalkeeper training. And Shocking. More, <laughs> what would you say? More, more fitness? We do more a lot of short dives and getting up and down. Mm. So it's hard to explain. We, don't, we wouldn't just run around a, a field and do touches. It's more handling, short dive, and then take a short dive and get up and then take a... Uh, top corner one, top corner save, all up and down stuff. It's more, it's more different. And people always say, "Oh, goalkeeping training is really easy." It's not. It might look it, but it's not, not at all. But then I, I always say, "Oh, yeah, it's easy to be an outfield player. I play ten minutes outfield and I'm blowing up my host. <laughs> <laughs> Um I was wondering when to mention it, but I thought now is the right time. Obviously, your dad is yeah. ex-Manchester City, Wales, and of course, yeah. Stockport County goalkeeper. Andy Dibble had to get that in there, Stockport County, obviously. Yeah. Um, tell us what it's like having a father who's already in the, the professional football world when you're a youngster. Is it, a, is it a good thing? Did he help open any doors for you or was it more daunting to have someone to look up like, uh, like that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was daunting because I think uh, as I was his firstborn, he wanted me to go in goal. So he got me in goals from an early age. And don't get me wrong, people will always say to me when I was younger, and people would say to me, oh, you're only doing it because your dad, you only got where you were because mm. your dad, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes you've got to have a positive mindset and, and blank all that out because nothing's ever easy, you know, just because of my own, because of my dad, it doesn't mean I could just walk in somewhere. It doesn't yeah, work like exactly. that. Maybe at a young age, like academy's giving you a chance to see what you you can do and go in for a trial or whatever, but it doesn't necessarily mean I'm just going to walk in this club and stay there for five years. Obviously, yeah. I've, I've got to earn the right to be, to earn a place that somewhere. Yeah, with my dad, you know, I always speak to him after every game or every training session and I'll always say, Dad, we have a look at this and see what I've done wrong or what I've done right. So he'll always be there for that. So 
you know, people always ask him, is he better than you? And I think he always says, yeah, but I'm nowhere near as better. Than <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's good. I'm, I suppose in some way I'm, I'm lucky to, to be in a position where I can always fall back to him and, mm-hmm. and call him and, and get his, his advice because a lot of people don't have that. Obviously, he's coaching now as well at Cardiff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done that for a while. Do you see yourself? I know it's obviously a, a long time away, but and you're only 26. But would you see coaching as a future, as a footballing future, or would you rather go into a different element? Or when football's over, that's it. I'm done with football. Uh, I've done a bit. I've done a bit. I think I'd rather do what my dad did and go into the goalkeeping side because that's all I really know at the moment. But mm-hmm. To do your badges and to do your goalkeeping badges at the moment, you've got to do your outfield badge, mm-hmm. then your goalkeeping, then your outfield, then your goalkeeping until you get to the highest level. But I think coaching would be something I'd, I'd want to do. But I think it's I think nowadays it was much more harder to get a full-time job as a goalkeeping coach or a manager full-time in the way football's going at the moment. It's, but yeah, it's definitely a possibility. I really haven't thought about what I would do if I dropped out of football, for money. You Probably would have potentially had a few of your colleagues when, say, when you were at Berry all those years ago. You've seen the stories of Berry in the last couple of weeks. How did that make you feel? Because that's where you started your career. Yeah, yeah, I started there. Berry, I loved it there. I remember I did drive obviously when I went was going into Berry, so I was always getting the train and the bus in, and it's sad, isn't it? Because they were were a great club with a good fan base, and from what I've read, the chairman completely screwed the club over, and the stories yeah. I've heard and. It's sad because you've got so you know, so many people these days rely on rely on a Saturday to go and watch their local club and for something to just be taken away from them like that due to financial crisis and the chairman not paying debts off and it goes liquidated. It's sad. You've seen it happen to a few clubs that recently, you know, have gone under and it COVID hasn't helped, has it either? Uh, but yeah, it is sad. And but obviously they I think they're gonna try and be reformed as a Barry AFC. I don't think they're to do anything to do with Barry though, because they're trying to come back as well. Yeah, yeah it's a bit of a... Hopefully they'll come back and they'll have to work their way up again and, and get back to where they, they were before. It's going to be a bit of a similar to a, to Wimbledon story, you hope. Obviously, yeah. obviously Wimbledon went went bust in the early 2000s, turned to MK Dons, and then AFC Wimbledon came along and shot up the shot up the league tables. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's going to be a similar story with Barry? You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? It just depends yeah. who... You got to hope and invest the money to do it because you you know what football's like now. It's a very what would you do what would you say? Um, there's a lot of money involved in a lot of clubs now, and you need the right people to go in, the right frame of mind, and and are willing to put the money in and to recruit the right players to get the, the club back up to where they want to be. Mm-hmm. With without getting in trouble, do you think that your owners, your new owners, are going to do exactly that for Wrexham? Yeah, of course. Yeah, from they've done everything right at the moment. They've been good to us as players and stuff. You know, they they pay back our furlough money uh, mm-hmm. what we lost, so they paid us all that back. So the, yeah, it's been it's been good up to up to today. Yeah, it's been brilliant, and I can't, I can only see it going in the right direction with the, yeah. with the money they're going to put in. Should be uh, exciting times for the for the Rexham fans, like <laughs> sort of advertising boards around the stadium. They'd had a little change on that where they'll put in some jokey uh, messages on like uh, Rob is allergic to shellfish and stuff like that yeah. it's, yeah. it seems quite a refreshing pairing to have taken charge to be fair they seem like they've obviously they're taking it seriously because you're running a football club but they're also they're going to have a bit of fun with it they're going to enjoy it themselves which I think is quite nice to see uh, yeah. what are the promises 
I think that they made when they took over was that you'd always beat Chester. Always. It's Quigley now. Turner's man. That's a goal. Yes, it's there. Quigley scores. Wrexham take the lead. Scott Quigley. Oh, he's loving that. He is loving it. Wrexham take the lead in the cross-border derby. Typical Quigley. Stands up his man. Makes a bit of space. Shifting the ball out. And a great strike across the keeper. Wrexham take the lead in the derby. Oh, he's Chester. Yeah. Have you ever been in that? Uh, have you ever been in the derby? Like, what are your experiences of that? Because obviously it's a fierce rivalry between you yeah, two. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been involved in a few, actually. Uh, I remember one time we played Chester away and it was crazy. We had a police escort <laughs> come to the game and then we got there and then the, the game was actually televised on BT Sport. We got to the ground and then we got delayed for another 15 minutes. For fight, the fans were fighting with each other and they couldn't get everyone into the ground on time. And it was, it means so much to the fans to beat Chester. It, you know, that's just football, isn't it? But for them to beat Chester and have the bragging rights is, is brilliant. And to be fair, they won't be playing Chester for a while, I know, because they can't seem to get back off it, get back up to the Can't seem to play in each other soon. Yeah, and any Wrexham fans obviously know that the YouTuber bootlegger is obviously a massive Wrexham yeah. fan. I've seen his videos of when you've played Chester uh, Chester and stuff like that. He really sort of captures the atmosphere. What's it like having sort of a massive personality like bootlegger always sort of in the stands watching you? I think myself personally, I don't really think about who's who's watching or, you know, because anybody in the world could be watching, mm. especially now it's streamed live on on YouTube all the time or sorry the club's website but I don't know it could be all positive over social media but it could be in the stand actually flagging the wall off <laughs> 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 but yeah his videos are good and it does make me laugh you know what he says and does and it is good and he's made his name off just what he said from the stand hasn't he so fair play to him it'd be very good to see a bootlegger Ryan Reynolds collaboration <laughs> yeah. that would be something I think yeah. everyone very everyone would so. love to happen as well wouldn't surprise me would, right, would, well, you for, would you go out for a couple of drinks of bootlegger, would you? I don't think it'd like me too much. I think it'd be slagging me off. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to a little segment on the National League now. And I want to ask all the regulars and Christian their favourite National League to Premier League stories. And I'll go to Jed first because I know he wants to say it. So go on, Jed. Say who you want to say. Well, I, I'm slightly biased on this one. And although it wasn't particularly conference, he did he did go on loan to Western Supermare, which is in the north, in the southern, I mean, north, well, I don't know. They we went to Western Supermare. So I'm going to say Oliver Watkins. I'm going to say Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins. It's in. Debut goal for Ollie Watkins. Called up, given the chance, he's taken it. And England have five. Scored for England last week from my town that I live in, Devon. I've, I've drunk in him, I've drunk with him in Weatherspoons and stuff like that. And just last week, he managed to score against San Marino. It's only it's only San Marino, but he scored for England. And exactly. someone to someone to have gone on loan to Western Supermare not five years ago and now be scoring for his country. I'd, I don't think I can look any further than that. Good pick, George. Oh, thank God you came to me. Right, I, I mean as much. <laughs> I only really know the one big famous one, which is obviously Jamie Vardy. And it kills me to say it with him being a Sheffield Wednesday supporter to see him now banging goals in week in, week out. It does hurt me a little bit. But I mean, Jamie Vardy's basically the definition of the sort of rags to riches, isn't he? One of England's best strikers in the last 
five, ten years. Wednesday missed out on a real player there, but yeah, Jamie Vardy's story is just incredible. How how you can go from pretty much nowhere to winning the Premier League. I don't see Ollie Watkins doing that at the moment, just to get one over on Jed, but (laughs) you never know. (laughs) You do you do never know. That's the point though. You never know. Aston Villa could win the Premier League next year. You just don't know, do you? Everything's a mystery. Obviously, Jamie Vardy is he's a he's a big name. I went to um, Stocksbridge when we had to do our one of our other modules, and I was thinking he's played here. I'm just like, oh my god, how did he go, go from playing there to going like a massive stadium? It's like, like no, there's literally hardly any seats at Stocksbridge. I'm just like, oh my god, Charlie, you got anyone? Uh, yes, yeah, so I went with Yannick Balassi, um, mm-hmm. who was in the Conference Premier with Rushton and Diamonds. What um, a name! <laughs> I know in, in 2008, 2009. Now obviously he's he's playing at Middlesbrough on loan from Everton. Another one that I did look at, and this is sort of the other way around, um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin actually spent a year on loan at Staley Bridge Celtic mm. um, between 2014 and 15, and they're in Scarborough's league. Um, so I think he was loaned out from Sheffield United at the time, yeah. um, and he spent a bit of time at Staley Bridge. So that was a nice little story. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, has pride and joys. Ollie Watkins, my pride mm. and joys, Calvert Lewin. We've both got lads mm. from our academies that are now. Hey, in you, you missed out. He's gone now. You've lost him. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but he's still a blade. You know, once a oh, blade, always a blade. That's what they, <laughs> that's what we always say to try and hold reckon- on to them. I reckon if you asked him, he wouldn't have the same opinion. <laughs> <laughs> He'll come back to us when he's about 35 and he's well past his best and he's worth mm. about two million. And um, Kristen, we'll come to you. If you can't think of one, that's fine. But if you can, that'd be great. I have to just double check then, actually. And I was sure, and I just confirmed it, Joe Hart. He was at Shrewsbury, wasn't he? Yeah, I had Joe Hart on my list as well, yeah. But Joe Hart, because of what a career he had, like, mm. he went from going out, you know, as a young lad at Shrewsbury, playing and then working his way up. And I actually have him as a legend at Man City. Man City. I know. Oh, he definitely is. Back end, yeah. Towards the back end, people didn't like him and were slagging him off just because he couldn't use his feet and stuff. And Pep Guardiola, I loved him. And, you know, some of the games he had against Barcelona and he kept us in loads of games. But Joe Hart for me and then probably secondly, Jamie Vardy. You know, the way his career has gone is unbelievable. You know, scoring goals in non-league and working his way up and just playing in the Premier League and not looking out of, uh, what would you say, out of... Uh, he just place. looks apart, doesn't he, in the Premier League? Yeah, definitely. How do you go from the from the conference or below? Where was he? It's, uh, Stocksbridge. Stocksbridge part steals, yeah. yeah. And they, I don't think they were in the, the conference, as they call it, back then, I think they were lower. Yeah, so definitely. it's pretty remarkable and it can be done. It can oh, be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. I'm sure, um, I think Charlie Austin was in there as well. Was he? Uh, a name that's just come to mind. I'm sure he was a plumber. He definitely, <laughs> yeah. definitely and I'm sure he definitely had a labouring job um, before he was picked up, and then obviously he made his career and uh, did, had a bit of a dabble, didn't he, in the Premier League? But a bit uh, of a dabble um, <laughs> in the Championship now. But yeah, he was another one that um, had a day job and then got picked up as a striker. Represented England, didn't he, a few times? I believe. Yeah, I've just done the quickest Google of my life. He started his career 
well, his youth career was at Reading, but then he went to Kintbury Rangers, wherever wow. they are. I don't know what nice league indeed. they're in at the moment, but he's played for Kintbury Rangers, Hungerford Town, Thatcham Town, Poole Town, and Swindon and Burnley and people like that. Mm. Uh, play to him. There you go. Um, a few I had on my list. Well, obviously, I had Joe Hart, like Christian said. I had Chris Smalling, who played for Maidstone, and obviously United oh, yeah. legend, now plays for Roma. And um, Michael Antonio, who played for Tooting and Mitcham United. And obviously, he's having a really good season this year as well. You're listening to The Regulars Podcast. Want to keep up to date with our latest content? Drop us a cheeky follow on Instagram and Twitter at RegularsPodUK. Right, we're back. There we go. We're back in the room. Kenny's got a new trick, magical trick. That is a blast from the past. Does anyone remember e not not, am, I, am I too old for you guys? You're just too old, mate. Maybe I'm now yeah. tempted to keep that in the podcast just to humiliate you, to be honest. Uh, Christian, going back, uh, teams like Darlington, who came into money back in the early to, early 2000s, and they built their big old stadium. Now they've yeah. dropped down into the dropped down into the conference. Do you feel like? Sometimes that it's going to, like, for some clubs, if it's not run properly like Wrexham, it is just going to come and bite them back on the ass. Yeah, I, I think Dar- what what happened to Darlington was it financial? Was it because he kept dropping down the leagues? I mean, before Wrexham's new owners, uh, I think it was maybe ten years back. I think Wrexham um, problems with their old owner and they sold the ground to the council and stuff, and they were in a lot of trouble. And mm. then I think the fans come and took over so they had a you know I think everyone used to own Rex and had a <laughs> yeah. and so they own they didn't really have a chairman they had just had a board a big board who made the decisions and stuff so but I think for that 10 years it's run really really well you know I, that, since I've been there it's been great I've, they've never not paid me on time it's been fantastic and if that's the way clubs have to do it these days and do it it's, I think the problem with clubs have these days is when people put the money in and think they're interested and then get in there and a couple of years later they see well it's not I'm not really making any money yeah because that's so, what happened to Exeter yeah. at the turn of the century mm. because Exeter were owned by they're owned by two of these two of these blokes but they were best friends with people like Yuri Geller and Michael Jackson and the bloke that played Darth Vader and they were yeah. turning the football club into a laughing stock mm. now this Russell and Lewis they bankrupted the club absolutely bankrupted we were not a couple of weeks from absolvency insolvency and then out of a stroke of genius the trust took over exactly what happened at Repson so the fans took over and then within two years we threw Manchester United away in the FA Cup and it mm. wiped out all of our debts mm. but we very 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 lucky in that regards and yeah. I think the way that that trust owned clubs I think trust owned clubs are the way forward personally because that's how it works in the Bundesliga as well Every every football club in the Bundesliga is trust owned for fifty percent plus one share, and it helps. Uh, it, it means that if a backer decides to decides to jump ship, then the trust is always going to have that 
inject of money. Mm. Yeah, so they cannot. So you never be in trouble. You can. Ne- you can never because someone's going to chip in money somewhere. Yeah. So you have so the, you have the trust that. behind you all the time if somebody jumps ship. Yeah. 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 I mean, we at, at Scarborough, we're just in a position where if you turn up to games, you, you pay for the squad. You know, we haven't got the, the there isn't the owner, the the big man at the top to give us any money. So it basically yeah. just is what we can get. So during COVID when we haven't got any fans in the ground, it's just not financially viable for any part of the club. So we can't afford to to even run as a club until... So I think fan owns all right, but if we want to take that step up next, we, we need the money. Suppose if you go up if you go up there, you'd have more for the gate, would you not? Yeah, we would. I mean, if I win the lottery, uh, Christian, then I, I will definitely be putting my name <laughs> on for it. <laughs> um, I bought a fair few tickets recently and only have one number, so I don't think... Uh... I'll be running that anytime <laughs> Well, I could become the uh, the Scarrow Athletic owner, but no, if we go up, we get more. But we've we've we're just working off the debts of the the stadium and stuff now. But yeah. you know, it's it's still good to see that a lot of National League and non and uh, National North sides are still afloat. So here at the lockdown in, we have a special jukebox which is world renowned for playing the best of the best songs out there. Our guests will submit his three songs, and if the boys and I are in agreement that they are indeed bangers and the songs will be streamed throughout the pub. However, if not, then the jukebox has every right to spit the records back out again. So, Christian, what is your first song you have picked and why? Right, my first one... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know with these choices now with what you just said. Go on, go on. <laughs> when you talk about the pub, I'm going to say my first one is The Man Who Can't Be Moved by the script. She changes her mind This is the first place she will go I like the Very, song. It's a wild card for the first one. Yeah. Mm. But then I got a totally different one for the second one. Go I don't on, know the script is just something I always used to used to grow up listening to. You know, and that song just never gets boring to me. I've got, I like so many different genres of music. It's it's mad, it really is. Yeah, honestly, uh, that's no reason. one of my favourite choices we've had so far because I love a bit of the script. Yeah. yeah. I love like yeah. the script. I'm... <laughs> that's a bonus. So, yeah, I mean, if... If you lads aren't putting that in, I might just quit now. I might just leave. <laughs> <laughs> we, can't have uh, qu- we can't have the editor quitting. You got to stand for that. <laughs> exactly, the editor quits. Yeah. yeah. Who's the second best editor then? <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you fight that one out yourselves, lads. I'm not too bad. <laughs> I'll just, uh, uh, I'll just stick to organising guests, mate. Yeah, I'll stick to yeah. Leave the rest of the others. Right. What's your second song then, Christian? This is going to be football-related motivation. Bit of, like the track, like the beat. I'm going to say KMT by Drake. Okay. Demon just got out of can. I gave my bro an advance. Love is just not in my plans. Not even taking a chance. Studio right in my yard. I'm doing 10 in a week. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. Is that the first Everyone... Drake that we've had? That's the first yeah, that is, that is the first Drake we've had. Oh, I feel God. as though... Most of the songs we've had in the past are more like I think we've had we've had guests that are a, a bit older, so they've kind of done songs that are more in the past. Ah, okay. And obviously, I think yeah. you probably like more music, like how we like music. So yeah, like, like yeah, the I know what you mean. Yeah. So that would Drake be my second one. Dressing room song. I used to play that for for the lads uh, before we used to go out the tunnel. So as we're going out the dressing room, just something to get us going a bit, pump us up a bit. Yeah, we used to put that on, and I can still listen to it in the car now. 
Are, are you the, are you the uh, are you the designated music player in the dressing yeah, room? I, I am the DJ, yeah, the designated. Oh, what a role! <laughs> the power, the Brilliant, power yeah. in your clubs. Yeah, I've got a few uh, a few pre-match mixes which are put on for the game. Sonny Federa. Uh, oh yeah. So put a bit of that on. So yeah, I'm going for a good spell at the moment. A lot of the lads are agreeing with what I have. So I bet that's, I bet that's hard to find. To be fair, it's like everyone in your dressing room probably has completely different taste of music, but to yeah. find something that they all like, yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah, because it comes down to sometimes a few of the lads like the rap and the hip hop, mm. and some like the house, and you just can't you can't get the the middle the in between. Yeah, the middle you ground. Know? So the lads that don't it... like it just put their phones in. Yeah, I was going to say, is for a few lads who just like classical music and stuff that you just can't, <laughs> can't listen to in the dressing room. Mm. Yeah, Elliot, Elliot where, are they, uh, where are they going to play if they're liking classical music before they've got a big game? <laughs> I don't know, mate. <laughs> you stick some Ness and Dormer in, that's quite football-y. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got different tastes, haven't they? Whatever yeah. pumps you up, pumps you up. Exactly, <laughs> Depends yeah. on what it is. Yeah. Whatever gets you going, the, the violins that get you going pre-match. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a very, very good choice. I think you can all probably agree with me on that one. This one might Absolutely. be uh, 50 50, though. My third one is my happy song, and I'm going to go with Take That, Never Forget. Oh, yes. <laughs> Can I ask why it's your happy song? Is there a good reason know. behind it? I don't know. It just always cheers me up. Just put it in the car, blast it out loud. I love the, the women at the start doing the, <laughs> sounds like I'm in church or whatever and they sing that mm. bit at the start. I don't know. It just just makes me happy. I, I can't tell you why. I think mm. my old, my dad used to listen to loads of take that, so I probably put it. My mum and my dad, you know, when we, when we were little, like in the cars and they put mm. songs on and they're probably... That one's probably one of the best songs. Just every time, it just puts a smile on my face and just have a yeah. sing-along and everything's good. <laughs> Be honest. Do you clap along when you're sat in traffic to the part where they properly break it down with the never forget? Do you sit there do. clapping along? Of course I do. <laughs> oh, I nod my head to it as well. <laughs> it's just, it's great. I love it. Right, so that's his three picks. And I think they're all great picks. I don't know what all you three think, if you agree with me. Definitely. The variety is brilliant. Yeah, that's variety. probably the most like variety we've had in the picks yeah. so far, I think. Mm-hmm. Certainly so. Just, it makes me want to go out for a drive and just have the windows yeah, down. A bit of music <laughs> on. <laughs> Get on in the countryside. Oh. <laughs> bit cold. Bit, co- bit cold for that at the moment. Maybe a few weeks. <laughs> Sun's glaring. <laughs> okay. So, obviously, the Euros are coming up this summer. And we obviously have a goalkeeper in the building, or say building, on the podcast. Um, and we'd like to say, in the, in the pub, yes, in the pub indeed. What are all your opinions on England's goalkeeping selection this season? Or for this um, Euros, I mean. I wouldn't mind, because I think we've got the three best selection of goalkeepers that we've had for a very long time. I do agree Simply, with Simply, if, if you think 2010... 2010 was probably the last time we had three quality goalkeepers, and that was David James, Rob Green, and I think it was Ben Foster, or was it Joe Hart who was just coming through back then? Big, big Ben Foster, the cycling goalkeeper. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Wales. I thought I was going to say Dean Hennessy, Danny Ward, and Owen from Williams. I, I was going to ask you about Wales in a minute, but we'll stick to England <laughs> for now. <laughs> well, they've actually qualified, have they? Blimey. Yeah, they have, but... <laughs> oh, no, I don't think they are. <laughs> 
not too keen on Jordan Pickford. Ne- neither no. am I. I'm not but, I'll be honest, I, I'm not I, either. I think, I think his quality with his feet is the thing that sets him apart from Nick Pope. Yeah, but, oh, in in, in what, the what? games that we had in the recent international break, Nick Pope looked very shaky every time it came to his feet. No, but but was it, what do we have a goalkeeper to do? There's a goalkeeper to keep the yeah, ball exactly. out Right. Yeah. And then, no goalkeeper changing. No goalkeeper changing. I understand that. Like, you got to play out with your feet and all that crap. It's not something you can't work on. Like, and uh, people can slate in about the goal the other day with him passing it to John Stones. But John Stones, he had what? He had time. He had time. Yeah. Five, oh, yeah, seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. Six, seven seconds. It's, it's, it's a collective effort. Yeah, he knows he, he knows he made a mistake, and, mm. but you can't blame the goalkeeper for that. I think Jordan Pitford is just an accident waiting to happen. He's mm. displayed it on multiple occasions, and I think a change would be um, very much appreciated. But I, don't, I couldn't pick between Pope and Henderson because I feel like Henderson's, he's made a few mistakes this season, and obviously he's not number one for United at the moment. So I probably would go with Pope. I, th- I, think, I think on the season, I think Nick Pope he, he would have played a full season. Um, obviously, Jordan Henderson played half season. That Pickford's been injured. He's going to come in on the back mm. end of an injury. But I think uh, I think I put Jordan Pickford in because that's his preferred number one in it. Yeah, I, th- I think Pickford's never let Gareth Southgate down in in the years that he's been yeah. England manager. So I think that's, that's the problem, yeah. isn't it? That's his number one, isn't it? At the end of the day, for England, so he's probably going to go with him. I think Southgate picks his squad. I was talking to my dad about this the other day. That he picks his squad based off how well they perform for him, rather than how well they're performing at their club at the oh, moment. Yeah. So I think that Pickford will play, even though he's not been playing very well or not playing at all. But he'll still play. And it's the same with um, Trent. I think he'll play as well, just because and even though he's had a shocking season, just because he likes Trent. Mm. That's what I think. I think I've heard someone on the radio saying he already knows what his World Cup squad would be or his. Mm. His Euro squad, sorry, his Euro squad is. He already knows. So, That's dangerous, I yeah. think. Yeah, so he's not given a chance for players off the back end of their good form. Surely you want players going into the Euros on good form and players he already wants to be in the squad being in bad form. I thought mm. being in your national team, you should have earned the right to be in your national team playing for your country, not mm. just being in there because you like by the manager. You still feel there's hope for you to get called up for Wales? <laughs> oh, probably not. Probably not. To, well, no chance, really. Yeah. You got time. You got time. Yeah. I've represented Wales from what 16, under 16s, under 17s, under 19s, under 21s. So, that, well, what's that like being in an international environment? Um, it's completely different. Um, you know, obviously, you meet a lot of new players, different different styles. Because you, when you're training with your club, you know what you know what everyone's about. But, you know, first training session with a a bunch of lads you've never really met before, never really trained with. It's very unpredictable. So you don't and to try and show what you can do is harder because suppose, like I said, when you train with the same players all the time, you you know what people can do, you know they're gonna bend it the same way in your corners, but when you're away international duty, you don't know. But it's very it's very enjoyable doing it, but it's very boring because you get a lot of free time. <laughs> you know, when you travel abroad, you go play I remember playing Lithuania and all we did half the time was eat and just lie in a hotel. You do nothing mm. and do light training sessions. So it can be boring, but it's great to represent the country, honestly. Yeah. 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 Big honor. Big honor. Yeah. Massive. I'll yeah. bring it back to the international football. Obviously, it's Wales, it's it's the Euros. Uh, I'm going to start by rewinding the clock five years, Christian. Where were you during Euro 2016? That brilliant tournament for you. Um, I was in, a, I think I was in Spain. Hmm. 
Is that when Rob Halson Carnu scored? Oh yes, the whole tournament. Yes. Yeah, the whole yeah. tournament. Yeah, I was in and around Spain and England and stuff, just enjoying holidays mostly in the bars in the top half of the time. Yeah, what a tournament! I think for Welsh football that that year, unbelievable. You know, to say yeah, overachieved, but to get that far in the tournament was unbelievable. You know, you, nobody would have ever expected it, would they? And, you know, I think some people actually believe that they could go all the way. Yeah. Because when you get that confidence in a squad and in a team... Why not believe? You yeah, might as well believe. Yeah, mm. sometimes you can, but you see how hard it is for some teams to get even get out of the qualifying stages now. It's mental, isn't it? Mm. Finally, we move on to the pub quiz. However, this week, instead of looking at what happened in the present day news, I decided to go back and test the boys' knowledge on the past football. I've got one question for each of my regulars. So let's hope they know their stuff. This week's prize is a football trophy that I won when I was 12 years old for most improved player. The worst trophy you possibly could get is it basically means you were shit and you've got a bit better. <laughs> yes. So that the is our... there, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that is the prize. And photos of the week's prize can be found, of course, on our Instagram and our Twitter at regularspoduk. So I hope you're all feeling up for the task and I hope you're all being feeling confident. We'll start with George Sanderson. Oh God! Are you re- are you ready? Not at all. In Let's what year was the inaugural Premier League season? Oh no! The, 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 the season. We'll say the season. Bearing in mind, Sheffield United scored the first ever yeah, Premier League. Thanks, goal. Jed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Uh, any Blades fan that watches this, if Brian I don't Dean? get this, they would kill me. <laughs> Brian Dean that scored it. Yeah, it was Brian Dean. Ball came in and he headed it in. Oh, yeah, what year was, was that, it? Nineteen ninety six, and I can't remember say... if it was ninety five, ninety six, or ninety six, ninety seven. Well, I'm sad to say that both of them are wrong. Oh <laughs> crap! <laughs> it was actually I'll throw I'll throw it to someone else. Yeah, Does throw someone it else want to have someone else want to have a guess. Go on, Jen. I see your hat. Ninety one, ninety two. Incorrect. It's not. Oh, <laughs> he said that with chest. <laughs> Anyone else want to have a pop, Christian or Charlie? Don't have a, I don't have a Scooby. Yeah. Jeb was right with his second answer, but I'm not giving it you because you said it the second time round. It was oh. 1992 to 1993. Oh, you. I was miles oh, you. off. You were a bit off. Right, we'll move on to Christian now. I'll ask you this question. Which outfield player appeared in the Champions League final in three different decades? And it's, it's close to home for you in a way. Three different decades? Three different decades. Didn't win it, but you were in the final three different decades. I'm so bad with quizzes, I can't even tell you. Uh, <laughs> if it was in an actual pub quiz, I think I'd be losing the time limit. Uh, Given the years. Rio Ferdinand? It was not Rio Ferdinand, but you were close with Rio Ferdinand. Anyone else want to have a pop? Go on, Jed. Ryan I think Jed knows. It was Ryan Giggs. Ryan Giggs? Yeah, Giggsy. We're just talking about Wales as well. I know, that's what I was trying to say. I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to lead you onto it. I was trying to goad you into it. All right, so we'll give Jed one point there. Yeah, Jed, yeah. We'll, come to you. we'll come to you next, mate. You ready for this? Born ready. With 202 clean sheets, which goalkeeper has the best record in the Premier League? The Premier League? Oh, the Premier League. So to this day? To this day? So. Playing now? Or not, no, not playing? playing? No, not playing now. No, just, I think no not playing now. Anyone's going through it. I know Brad Friedel's played the most games, but I don't think he's kept that many clean sheets. 
it's not Brad Frieder. <laughs> Edwin van der Sar was at United for a long time. This man, this man is a legend. He's a legend for for the club that he played for. Definitely. Uh, uh, it's either Peter Schmeichel or Edwin van der Sar. I'm going to go for van der Sar. It's not van der Sar. It's not oh, a United uh, goalkeeper. I'm taking actually. Is it Petr Cech? On, on. It is Petr Cech. Yes. George Sanderson with the point. Right, so that's one one for Jed and one for George. And now I'll come to Charlie. Charlie, you ready? Yes, mate. Throw it at me. Two English players have won the World Cup Golden Blue. Who are they? I'm rubbish with this. I, was... I feel like one's quite obvious, but yeah. Yeah, one's quite obvious. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, no. Don't say yeah. it's obvious. You have to throw it. I don't... It... You don't even have a guess at one, no? Harry Kane. Harry Kane is one. So that's oh, hard. He's, got, he's, he's got to have a guess now between an English striker. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wayne Rooney. Incorrect. Does anyone else he's have only a pop? scored one World Cup goal. Does anyone else want to have a pop at the other player? Go on, Jared. Christian, want to go first? Does Christian no, want you. to go on, Jared. win it? Gary Lineker. Gary Lineker is correct. So Jed has come away with one and a half points, Charlie <laughs> with the half, George with the one, and Christian with the zero. Unlucky. Oh. Good day. I did have a, I did have another question, which is a bit of a if bonus. If you got a question right, you'd win the most improved player. True. <laughs> I, I do I do have a bonus question, but it's in it's probably impossible, but I'll just ask it anyway. Which top Spanish club's nickname is Los Colchoneros, which translates to English as the mattress makers? Does anyone want to have it's not this is an open question? Anyone wants to have a pop? In La Liga. In La Liga. I'll I'll give it an open question. Anyone can have a pop. I can't oh, really think of many clubs. It's though. a top, top, top Spanish side. Like, it's, you, you do, yeah, top. Well, now you make me think like Barca and the two Madrid teams. Oh, well, I'm pretty certain it isn't then. Oh, but no, mate. Go on, George. Have a dig. Have a dig. At, have a dig at one of them. Fan Afwati. Afwati. Correct. Afwatico Madrid. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, since Madrid. when has that been their nickname? <laughs> It says Los Calchineros, the mattress makers, Atletico Madrid. <laughs> I don't know. Quality. Never. Sorry, George, didn't get you any points though. But sorry, that was just a bonus. That means this week the winner is Mister. I'm going to be late last week. Jed Penderthy. <laughs> Congratulations. Thumbs up. Thumbs I'll send up. you. I'll send you the trophy in the post, and you Thank can have you it. Very put, much. put it on your shelf. Right. I think that is last orders at the lockdown in so thank you all for coming this afternoon thank you christian for attending thanks very much for having me enjoyed it thank you boys thank you jed thank you george thank you charlie thank you very Cheers, much Elliot. thank you that's all, that's all right boys and we'll be back next week on a wednesday same time as usual and um, yeah that's it we'll just end it there <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what, to say. what a good ending that is. I was thinking about what to say, and I, stu- I stuttered. <laughs> that is the best ending we've had so far. Yeah, yeah have, you, have you stopped recording it? Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Keep it in for I care. Yep, it's being left in. We'll see you next week. <laughs>